Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Tarot to Go radio podcast. Yay. I'm Anastasia, here with me today, Rose Red. Hello. And Artemis. Welcome. My fabulous co-hosts. Today we have a lot of exciting things in store for you, so let's just jump right in, and how about we start with Rose? Alrighty. Um, well, uh, as you know, as we discussed last time, we had the Bayero Tarot Symposium, and while there I was browsing through the Tarot Garden, and I found this really great deck called the Fenestra Deck. And it is by Katara. It's available through US Games, but I would suggest going through Tarot Gardens because, well, they've just got the best stuff. <laughs> and um, I picked up the deck based on the cover of the box. You never really want to do that, but I also <laughs> saw roses on the back. Hello, Rose Red. Yeah, can go you, figure. Can you, big, can you mm -hmm. beat that? And the back has actually got two roses in a kind of a yin yang sort of layout. So I picked up the deck and comes in a gigantic box with a free pad of layout that you can do the Celtic cross with. But I noticed when I was looking at it, the coloring just reminded me of, well, the Universal Weight deck, as well as the Roberts. The Mary Hansen Roberts deck. Yes, thank yes, you. You're welcome. And it was just kind of one of those, oh, it's kind of neat. Of course, I promptly put that aside, um, <laughs> because I don't always use that particular layout. But as I was looking through the, the deck, the cards are just really well drawn, you, it gets you a little bit of maybe Asian versus, or combined with um, American art styles, but it's definitely a Rider Waite clone, as we all know. There's two favorites, but um, I just I just liked the colors. They, they're kind of, they're a little bit pale at first, but then you just start looking through them and you can just see the depth that this woman went through to draw. Okay, well you, you have to share them with the rest of us. All right, I, I will them. share them with the rest okay. of you. Okay, yes, you're right. And my favorite part, though, is that the fact that, you know, the wands, the swords, and that they don't have the words, you know, other than ace, they've got mm -hmm. numbers, and mm -hmm. that's it. And the, the king and queen and the pages, of course, have, have the words, but they don't say, you know, ten of swords on them. They, right. they just give you the picture, and you don't have to focus on wording around it, which is kind of nice. And presumably you recognize that the sword's a sword. And well, we would hope. And, we would yes. hope. But... Again, in the pentacles, they just they just stand out really well, and mm -hmm. I kind of like the fact that the nine of pentacles, for example, has her wearing pretty much leather pants and a, and a t-shirt, and mm -hmm. it's just more I don't know, it's just more modern in in some respects, but you still see the hint of what Pixie Smith was trying to do as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just liked it. Mm -hmm. It just it's beautiful deck. jumped out at me, and of course. Roses. Huh. Go figure. Have you had a chance to read with it yet? Um, actually, yes. And yeah. it went really well. I mean, Great. they really read well for me. I was very, was like, a little bit surprised at first because I'm like, well, am I going to really be able to get it? Oh, wow. These just come across really well. Cool. And the person I read for was just like, wow, where did you get those? I've never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, go look in your anime section and then go to Tarot <laughs> Garden and talk to Dan and mm. he'll help you out. Yeah. It's a fabulous deck. Thank you for bringing it in. Oh. It's yeah. an excellent deck. I um, I see what you mean as far as the um, the minor suits are well defined, and I like the fact that um, they do not show uh, the name of the card um, as the readily uh, evident uh, meaning that you see once you lay the card down. Um, you're forced to go with the visual image um, that you see when you when you lay these cards out. And looking at the sword suit, very vibrant. Uh, uh, colors and I think the um, I, I also uh, had the opportunity to look at his uh, demo binder from Toro Gardens um, at the Bats uh, event and uh, the cards in the um, in the page that he selected um, as demos all seem to be somewhat similar hmm. so they weren't punched out as they are now when I look at the actual deck itself so uh, it's a little bit deceiving but um, the cards are very bright they're nice size um, to handle um, and the images are very vibrant so it looks like a fabulous deck to use and I look forward to adding it to my collection. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too many decks as we like to say. Never, never. And, but what I, I have to agree on the on the everything else is that you know that they are a good size for, for reading with and 
the, when there is wording on it, it doesn't distract from what you get as a reader. You don't have to just, oh my god, that's the, the Nine of Swords, because it says so, only, <laughs> you know, versus you can feel that it's the Nine of Swords, oh my goodness, or the Ten of Swords for that matter, you're, you're pierced mm -hmm. to, the, to the death. And, and for example, in this particular deck, normally when you see the, the Ten of Swords, it, it's a person laying on the ground. This particular one, she's not, or he's not. It's kind of he, she, it, they. Yeah, it's she's, she's not. She's not. Um, but again, it's. But you can obviously tell this is the end. You cannot get any worse off than this. You know, <laughs> there is the sun shining in the back. But again, you're done. Let's let's move on now. You've you've kind of overthought that until you be the dead horse, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it, it it does allow the reader to get something from it versus oh my god, that's the ten. I've got to look it up in a book. Oh, it's the ten, and you can see the end and. Yeah, I, I guess I just I, that's what I would draw drew me to this particular deck. So it seems to have very strong feminine lines too. Uh, I was noticing the hierophant card um, seems to be more effeminate than the uh, run of the mill hierophant that you would see, <laughs> um, which which may appeal to uh, those folks looking for uh, a deck with that flavor. Well, then you can probably get that also from the moon card if you really want to do that because that's another highly attractive for, for feminine power and energy. Um, and then this particular one, it has two female figures around a moon. So that's kind of mm -hmm. indicative of that. Very mm -hmm. Dianic, if you will. And nicely stylized, too. It's, uh, if you look, it goes very nicely with the logo on the back mm -hmm. that's on the back of yeah, each of the cards. Yeah, very much so. So my question is, um, Finestra, um, window. Okay. Yeah. Um, did, was there anything about this deck that's kind of window-like? Um, was there anything? The colors kind of remind me of, of a very you know old stained glass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't really think of it that way. Even though now that you're pointing it out, oh yeah, hi. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I just I didn't know if if on the little layout foldy map thing that they gave you, there was anything about it, or if you noticed it? Um, I hadn't noticed, to mm -hmm. be honest, um, but from and what I can tell, it, it's basically just the, the fold-out bit is just telling you how to do a regular Celtic cross, in their opinion, mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it has you really just looking at their, their version of it, mm -hmm. and... Cool. Well, I guess then the, the, the window is just, like you said, maybe a stained glass kind of thing. It's, it's a very nice effect. With the colors, it does it does stand out that way. Great. Well, thanks so much for bringing it in and introducing it to us. Anytime. We like to share. That's wonderful. So, Artemis, what do you have for us? Um, tonight I have a review on one of my favorite reads. It's, um, it's called Everyday Tarot, mm -hmm. uh, authored by Gail Fairfield, um, published by Wiser Books. Yay, Wiser. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a reprint of her original uh, offering, uh, called Choice Centered Tarot. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the um, one of the strongest aspects that uh, I really enjoy about this particular uh, book is that she gives you a a strong foundation as far as the development of the number uh, in reference to the minor arcana. Uh, when you see most of the run-of-mill um, uh, books out there, it, there's a very strong emphasis on the majors um, and very uh, like a minor emphasis on the minors. <laughs> um, the the development of, of the number, um, she breaks down into um, cycles. Um, uh, one, two, three as a cycle from the... Uh, from the ace to three, uh, mm -hmm. four, five, six as a cycle, the actualized cycle, um, seven, eight, nine, so it ends with the, the nine as the completion of um, the third cycle. Shows 10 as a transition card, mm -hmm. and then the ranks, um, whether it's uh, uh, princess, prince, uh, queen, or um, page, knight, queen, uh, and then king as the, um, the final, uh, uh, completion in that string. Um, what I felt uh, really helpful uh, in my reads is when uh, a particular uh, minor does arrive, um, I can put it in context with where the cycle is. Um, the the number helps me uh, position it with what cycle it is, and then I can have the meaning of the card as well as um, how it pertains to the question being asked. Um, 
And it's especially helpful when I use a deck that, um, say, I don't use very often, mm -hmm. or it's a deck that um, is unfamiliar to me, but I still want to explore. Um, and I found that that technique is, is very helpful. Uh, one of the other uh, aspects she stresses is um, she breaks down the structure, most like every uh, other author, on the major, minor, uh, and courts. Um, but she encourages you, once you've completed the read, that um, you have the same ability to create your own deck mm -hmm. and that you should honor those um, uh, honor those inspirations that come up from time to time and uh, jot those down in a journal and uh, when you when you have enough information and you feel ready to to take the plunge and um, uh, begin on your path to, to design your own uh, deck that's meaningful to you one of the um, ways she goes about um, uh, offering that that up to you is that she suggests you um, keep a journal and uh, broken down into two parts one strictly on interpretation your interpretation of what um, of what you're going to do and then one on um, the other section on philosophy what what might come up for you at any given time on a particular card that's outside of the realm of the standard definition of what that card might be and then over a period of time being consistent with that you will develop on your own what those meanings are for you okay. and when you come to the basis of wanting to design your own deck um, you're probably going to be much more comfortable to use your own interpretation your own philosophy right. your own meanings um, that will go into designing your own deck and be able to bring your creative juices uh, to that so uh, I found it a very um, a very insightful book it's uh, it's a very quick read it's uh, 154 pages thereabouts mm -hmm. And um, it uh, seems a very basic and cut-and-dry um, uh, type of offering. Uh, one of the um, last aspects that uh, I noticed is that she is very uh, strong in also um, uh, insisting that you develop uh, your own spreads, mm -hmm. spreads that um, have meaning to you. Uh, that you can get comfortable with above the traditional spreads that that you might uh, you might want to use. Um, as I look at um, the old uh, chestnut, as Thalassa likes to refer to it, the uh, Celtic cross, um, Gail in, uh, inserts a uh, significator as the um, the lead card, uh, mm -hmm. and then you have the 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 other uh, ten cards on that. Um, I've used that particular uh, fashion in, in my reads, and I find that it allows me to um, have the reader and myself focus on where they're at at this particular time, mm -hmm. and then the cross, you know, develops on top of that, and mm -hmm. the rest of the reading develops from there. So, um, a lot of good tidbits. Um, it's good uh, for the beginner, but I think um, as uh, a, um, a text that you can use for uh, advanced uh, development for reading techniques, it's a, it's a good way to go. So, it also um, seems to be an inspiration to make your own deck. Yes, yes, on, on top of that. And, uh, and it doesn't um, over-embellish the, uh, the idea of being able to do that, and it gives you a step-by-step -step formula on how best to approach that. So, yes, uh, Everyday Tarot by uh, Gail Fairfield. Great. So, uh, so when are we getting your deck? <laughs> that's, I just had to ask. I mean, if that's that, that's what it sounds like. It's it's, it's she's encouraging others to try and, and make their own. Or when are we getting your new spread? Let's let's put it that way. Well, the new spread will probably be coming much quicker than the new deck, though. Um, <laughs> every day, and we were having mm -hmm. a discussion before we started the uh, session here that um, there is a cardstock that you can get that will pre um, be. I guess pre-designed the, 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 the to the template it is a software template. Right. Oh. It's it's like any, you know, prefab label or okay. postcard or anything and there's a special software template and you download it and you can create your own art and double print it, you know, double side print it on your printer. Oh, so that you can have fronts and backs and make your own images and make your own back if you don't like the basic plaid black plaid back. That's hard to say. Um or you know, make your own interesting designs, or put different different backs on different suits, or you know, however complicated you want to make it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, and uh, did I also notice that, that there was a de description? I can talk of um, the different symbolisms that you might find on tarot cards. Yes, she has a uh, a small chapter that is uh, based on. Um, uh, the uh, the four suits and the symbolism thereof, um, just how symbols 
uh, interact with each other. Um, but it's not a very in-depth one. Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, she chose to touch on the different um, facets around uh, what you would see on a uh, regular tarot deck mm -hmm. um, as a way of just kind of uh, exposing you to what those facets are. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's her um, development of the number and how she builds one number uh, to the next, one cycle to the next that uh, allows you to really understand the minors in, in a way that I don't think um, is normally explained uh, to the depth that she, she takes it. So, oh, um, yeah, so it's one of my favorites. Great. Thanks for bringing it in. It's, it's, it's a wonderful book, and um, it's, it's made it onto the recommended reading list of several Tarot teachers and authors who said that it was very helpful to them, either as they were beginning or as kind of a refresher. Because mm -hmm. once you kind of you know, get beyond a certain point and you're not a beginner anymore, and then you kind of go along and all of a sudden it's like, you know, what, what is all that stuff? And you go back and read an introductory kind of book, and it's astonishing how much you've forgotten. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's one of the things when taking tarot classes, that I keep shaking some of the uh, same people over and over again because they have new things to share, and mm -hmm. then you go back and you go, oh, that's right, I remember you said that last time. See, SFPD races off to do their duty. Um, good for them, and I hope everybody's okay. So um, moving on, I brought in the Da Vinci Tarot. Um, no, I have not seen the movie The Da Vinci Code. I have not read the book. I was very interested in Leonardo da Vinci long before any of that. And, of course, there's a Da Vinci Tarot um, from our good friends at Los Carabeo, of course, as all things Italian. Um, <laughs> the book is written by Mark McElroy, oh. um, you know, one of our favorite authors, uh, including Putting the Tarot to Work, Taking the Tarot to Heart, and What's in the Cards for You. Um, he also did the Bright Idea deck. Uh, he's been a speaker at um, LA Tourist Symposium, San Francisco Bay Area Tourist Symposium, and he's just a great guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I really like his approach to Tarot. So he wrote the not so little white book for this. It's, it's actually substantially sized. It's, it's, um, and it's, gosh, bigger than the deck. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and uh, 63 pages long. Wow. And um, I, he has a very interesting approach because the first couple chapters are about the history of Leonardo da Vinci and a little bit about the history of the Tarot just to give some background. Um, but what he does with the card explanations, it's a little bit different than what you get in the average accompanying book because he'll give the card number and the name and then he'll talk about what the card encourages, what the card cautions against, notes about the illustration, um, if da Vinci used something as a recurring symbol or something, and then a commentary on the card itself. And then at the end, he gives some exploration questions, things to think about as you're reading with the card. Oh, so for example, on the star, um, the exploration questions include, to what extent am I an optimist and why? Um, what signs may be pointing the way to a better situation for me? In your situation, how can you reach for the stars? Hmm. And so it's just a different approach to meditating on the cards cards, and thinking about how they relate to each other in the reading and constructing the reading. So it's, 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 a, it's a fresh and interesting way to approach it, which I really like. Um, and the, the drawings are based on drawings by Leonardo da Vinci. Um, like many highly creative, highly intelligent people, he was very interested in a number of things and much better at starting than finishing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, we, we've so, seen those. Um, not that we know anybody like that. Mm -mm. No, no, no. no. Uh, I'm not, no, that's not me at all. Um, so a lot of them are based on half-finished drawings in his notebooks. Oh. And then um, there were two authors who worked with Los Garabeo. Um, Iasin Yuselev, I'm probably, and uh, Atanas Atanasov, um, who finished out the drawings in terms of the ones that were incomplete or adding coloring, because many of da Vinci's sketches are simply black and white, mm -hmm. and so they've added some shading. And they're wonderful, um, like a lot of da Vinci stuff, a lot of the figures are androgynous. You're mm -hmm. not quite sure, is that masculine, is it feminine, mm -hmm. does it matter? Um, one of my favorites is the lover's card. Which, which I am not there yet. Nope. You're not? Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. you're not. Yeah. It's wonderful because you first look at it and you think, what the heck happened there? But it's a drawing of a hermaphrodite. Uh, oh. Half male, half female. But the way da Vinci envisioned it, it's a complete being. Right. And so it's, it's lovely and wonderful. And if you notice the curves of their bodies, it actually kind of makes a heart shape. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So I thought that was very clever. Um, I also like the Fool card because instead of the typical figure stepping off a cliff, it's a person in um, one of Leonardo's um, sketches of a flying machine. Mm -hmm. 
And so the idea is you imagine yourself as the person in there. What do you see? How's your perspective? How are you steering? Where are you going? Where did you come from? And it, it's, it's a very interesting way to think about the stepping off point as a controlled flight rather than, right. oh, do what? Wow, I just fell off a cliff. Well, and the other thing, too, about that would be also you don't know if you're going to fly. Right. I mean, yes. at this point in time. The uncontrolled the flight. The uncontrolled yes. flight. I yes. mean, it's not stepping off a cliff, but it's, it's also you're taking a chance, you're taking this risk. And that's kind of neat yeah. to see. And, um, and just a lot of the images are very compelling. And as you look through them, you can recognize, at least if you're at all familiar with da Vinci's works, which you know, I am because I'm just highly into Renaissance art, um, you can see a lot of figures you will recognize. Like, oh, I know that painting, I know that painting. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, it's, it's the angel from one of his versions of the Annunciation, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of fun, because then you can also draw in that artistic setting as well because again many of these are you know unfinished sketches but a lot of them are from finished complete works mm -hmm. which makes it really interesting because it's like oh I have a frame of reference for that well like the, the backs yeah um, the back um, all the backs are the lady with the ermine thank you um, you're welcome and um, okay who has oh, the of course. cups <laughs> oh no that's yes and the um, two of cups of course yeah the two of cups um, is one of his uh, depictions of Leda and, and the, the swan, swan. And if you don't know what that is, do uh, a Google search for Leda and the Swan uh, with the keyword um, Yates, and you'll get a poem that explains it all to you. Um, but it's fabulous and wonderful, and it's, it's, it's really perfect. And no, we're not going to tell you. You're going to have to look it up yourself. Yes. Um, the the internets are so wonderful that way. You can find <laughs> everything. Yes. Um, Even us. Okay. Oh, here it is. So the other thing I'm looking for is the world card, which is fabulous because it's um, the Leda from another depiction of Leda and the Swan, oh. but it's just Leda with the with part of the broken oh, egg. egg shell. Oh wow! Which I think is fabulous. Um, and again, if you're familiar with the myth, this means a lot to you. If you're not familiar with the myth, you need to look it up, and then it'll mean a lot to you. Um, but it is fabulous. Plus, it's just a lovely drawing of the lady. It's um, very nice. Yes, um, like some Renaissance art, uh, the figures are not fully clad, but there's certainly nothing offensive about them. No. Um, it's just Renaissance art. Um, the other thing that I really found interesting is the Justice card, because it's a picture of a lady sitting holding a sword, but if you look in the mirror that she's holding, it's an older man who happens to be da Vinci. It's ah. a self-portrait in old age. <laughs> nice. And it's, it's a very nice balance. There's a lot of clever little things like this, so paying close attention and scrutinizing the cards, even sometimes with a magnifying glass, will really pay off. Um, obviously, you're not going to do that when you're reading for a client unless there's some little tiny detail you really want them to see. But just as you're getting familiar with the deck and looking at it, it's really fabulous. And they did a very good job of finishing off the incomplete sketches um, with great respect for da Vinci's work. And again, Mark's commentary on it, very insightful, very helpful, very good at getting you thinking about these cards, which are not typical depictions, um, in a new and fresh and helpful way. Which is always I notice it's another multi-language uh, definition card. Th that's a Los Carabeo. Um, a lot of a lot of deck publishers do it, but Los Carabeo puts everything on in six languages um, mm. because you know they are in Italy. They do sell all over Europe as well as in the States, and um, so it, it's for you know it's it's a great way to learn other languages. Actually, this is very true. Um, some people say I don't like it; it's distracting, but you know. Sometimes you may need to be able to say things like Ace of Pentacles in six different languages. That's true. So, all in all, a well done deck, nice size for handling, mm -hmm. glossy but not so slick that the cards slide Light off the table when That's you're trying to read. That's true. And it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's just nice. It's a good hand size, and I still like the High Priestess. Yeah, well, um, yes, the, the, the Mona Lisa and the Papal Crown, yes. yes. Um, because, well, what else are you going to have there? This is true. Well, you can't. Oh, that's excellent. Yes. But. Yes? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, it, it, there's just so much I want to ask and then not enough time to ask it in. Oh, that's um, okay. Well, what actually, I mean, besides obviously the, the art, did you just happen upon this deck or who um, introduced you to no, it? No, it's, it's, I had heard that Los Carabeo was going to be bringing it out long before they did and was waiting and oh, waiting okay. and waiting because of course you know I'm so patient about waiting. Mm, yes, yes. <clears throat> and so Actually, finally, she's very patient. Don't listen to her. <laughs> and finally it came out and I pounced upon it immediately and devoured it whole. 
and no, wait, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> I bounced upon it immediately and have been working with it a lot since acquiring it. And it just, uh, when I was trying to figure out what to bring in tonight to review, it leapt into my hands and said, take me, take me. So so have you read for anyone besides yourself with it, or? Uh, no, no. I um, Have I had time to read for anyone lately? Have well, I been in the country to read for anyone lately? Well, how, how, did, how was it read for you, then, as yourself? I it, mean, it's, it's fabulous. I love reading with it because, again, the images are not, you know, it's not a Rider Wade Smith clone. It's not a Crowley clone. It's its own set of images, and yet the, you you can get them. You can look at them and go, oh yeah, I absolutely get this. And again, if you ha if you can look at it and go, oh, this is from the painting of Saint Sebastian, then it's like you get that added layer of meaning on top. If you happen to know the myth of Saint Sebastian, if you don't, well, then it doesn't. Again, look <laughs> it up on the internet. Yes. Saint Sebastian myth. Look it up. Yes, um, you know, Lives of the Saints. Um, Vasari is there for you. So yeah, it, it, it's but I found it very helpful and very enlightening and very good for thinking out of the box. Mm, okay. Although I heard the best quote the other day, I can't, I can't remember who said it, but um, I I would something to the effect of I would be more interested in people who are thinking outside of the box if I thought there was any thinking going on inside the box. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but again, it, when you think about Da Vinci and his unconventional views on the world and his unconventional lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And his whole philosophy, and you know, him, the whole backwards handwriting thing, and, and everything else, um, the fact that they would take the time and effort to craft this tarot that is unlike anything else mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. And it is a perfect tribute to Da Vinci. Indeed. Well, I think that's great. Yeah. So that's that. So um, now itching to touch it and use it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you, you, another you, one to add to the collection. Yes, and and, and um, if anybody ever asks, can you have too many tarot decks? The answer is no. no. <laughs> as as we all chime Our living in. proof. Mm -hmm. I, I was asked that the other day too, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. Yeah, a friend you, of mine. You can never have too many tarot decks, but there's never enough time to work with them all. This That's is very the true. main thing. Very true. Yeah. So, um, so shall we move on to our main feature? Indeed. Great. So the San Francisco Bay Area Tourist Symposium was Saturday, October 21st, 2006 in San Francisco. San Francisco. I wasn't there. I was on a plane to Berlin. <laughs> you were in Berlin, oh No, darn. I wasn't in Berlin. I oh, was on a plane, plane on the way, way to, to Berlin. Berlin. Okay, well. Um, it was a lengthy and time-consuming process, and I landed in Berlin um, actually about the time BATS was starting. Oh, okay, well. Um, so, so I guess I was in Berlin while BATS was happening. So I don't have a whole lot to say about BATS, but Artemis and Sally were both there and attended a number of the sessions, and I'm going to give just a kind of overview of the day and the speakers. Okay. So, Rose, would you like to start? Why don't we start with the welcome, of course, okay. the Lhasa, in her <laughs> fashion, came in dressed to the nines, but no, not the regular nines, the Victorian nines. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. All in black and very much looking kind of more like uh, Queen Victoria than I've ever expected her to be. <laughs> But uh, m very welcoming, as usual. And then, of course, to open, she had um, th two speakers in uh, two different rooms, uh, Joseph Martin and yeah, Naja. I think I said that right? Naja. Naja. Excuse me. I apologize. That's okay. Um, and Joseph Martin spoke on love, ener love energy and the facilitation of psychic ability. And I know... Artemis got to see him, so I'm going to let I him did. speak on that. I did indeed get an opportunity to uh, attend Joseph Martin's session. Um, it's one of the presenters that um, really makes it for bats for me uh, when I attend it. He brings so much energy and um, life to a presentation. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable, and I'm always impressed because um, that level of energy seems to be consistent um, each time I see him. Uh, his presentation this time, I think, was a bit different. At least um, it uh, was taken in by me a bit differently than um, any, any other presentation I've seen by him before. Uh, it centered more around um, the approach one would take uh, on a professional level when you're approaching uh, the servicing of your, your individual clients that ever come out. And, and also he included um, 
uh, parts of his ritual or routine in building his grid and establishing his space and the uh, the opportunities where he's had successful reads because his space has been set uh, and orientated correctly as opposed to those where uh, it's been a little more chaotic if you will and um, you know not not diverting off that negative energy that uh, uh, might be imposed on on one in a particular uh, foreign setting. Um, he also talked about how to bring bring love directly to uh, the individual person that you're reading for um, as part of being focused on on that that person and and on their question or issue that um, that they're bringing forth to you. There's a certain um, honor, if you will, that um, uh, gets uh, portrayed or lent when when an individual comes and wants to share something of a question around their personal growth and uh, depending on what area of life um, that question is centered around. But but it's an honoring of, of you and it's an honoring of them to, to be willing to bring you that question. And um, he really kind of focused on the uh, opportunity, if you will, to to bring your clarity, bring uh, your energy, and to bring um, a compassionate kind of giving of of listening, giving of of personal energy, and uh, you know, kind of interweaving that in in the read itself. And um, I think it was um, the first time I had heard him express that on in those terms before. Um, it um, it's helpful to hear any uh, professional, especially of Joseph's standing, to be able to share that um, that deeply of what his style is when he brings that forth, and um, to share that with us. And that's uh, it's kind of a tribute not only to Joseph but a, a tribute to the whole um, symposium idea that Velas uh, has put together that allows other professionals to be able to come and and get a direct. Uh, sense of of what's really going on from a professional point of view, and um, I really appreciate it as I always do uh, to have the opportunity to to view Joseph in in his style and his presentation and what he brings forth. So um, you know, as well as um, his his abilities on a psychic level, <clears throat> excuse me, and his abilities on a um, technical and graphic level um, that allows his creative abilities to come out on that end too. So. Um, always a pleasure to be able to hear him uh, present, and uh, uh, I'm hoping, I believe, we've got him on the schedule to come for one of our subsequent uh, podcasts coming up, so um, we'll be able to hear from him directly uh, on that, and uh, we're looking forward to that, too. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And then, of course, at 11.30, we had Mary Greer, and of course, Mary. no one goes against Mary as, <laughs> as the Lhasa likes to put it. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and she did a little bit of a report on tarot activities around the world. And one of the things she did is she'd gone to uh, Arcane 2006, which was held in Oz- <coughs> in Auckland, New Zealand, ironically I, enough. Actually, when the New Zealanders pronounce it Oakland. Oakland. Yes. No wonder everyone gets confused. Yes. There's a whole other story. Um, Anyway, so she talked about how bunches of people uh, came, came to Oakland, New Zealand, and spoke, yes, Artemis, I can't help it, I have to ask. Oakland, as opposed to West Oakland. But oh, no, okay. <laughs> as opposed to West Oakland, okay. Okay, for those of you who aren't in the Bay Area, that's funny. <laughs> Take our word for it, it's funny. It, it very. Okay, back to Rose. Anyway, um... <laughs> But the other thing that she talked about during this this talk wasn't just about um, having to see, you know, how beautiful it was in New Zealand, but also about the fact that um, it's becoming more mainstream tarot in general, and the Tarot Association of the British Isles, for example, um, is is doing a lot of mentoring there. Um, and, and then, of course, how tarot interacts with people today versus, you know, 20 years ago. And she talked about how, you know, you can get a reading on the Internet. Right. And it's still a valid reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of the people in the room kind of were going, eh. But, <clears throat> you know, it's, there are days where I go to one of the online sites like tarot.com or Llewellyn.com and... You know, they'll throw a th- quick one-card or three-card reading for you electronically, and it's great. And you're just like, eh, I can't make up my mind what to have for lunch. <laughs> well, 
But I think I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it's it's another platform mm. for tarot, and it's becoming more and more acceptable mm -hmm. versus you know somebody sitting across the table from you holding cards for you. Right. They're doing it across the table via webcam. Right. So it, it's just kind of interesting to, to hear that, and that that was a big discussion amongst the, the people there, and talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, also how the mentor program works and what that entails and who who wants to do that and why would you want to do that mm -hmm. and the benefits of it and and sometimes the, the drawbacks of it because you're not right there with the other person who is your mentor right which is kind of a bummer <laughs> um, but some mentoring is better than none exactly and that's that's the whole point of it is, mm -hmm. and they want to get the name out as well you know right. so there you go cool. and then of course there was lunch Lunch is good. And, and Thalassa giving the pre-raffle and having all kinds <laughs> of fun with that. Lots of raffle gifts. Lots of raffle gifts. There was a, really a lot of good choices, and there were um, a bunch of different decks mm -hmm. that were also being focused on as part of the raffle, so it was oh. kind of nice. Great. Did you win anything? No. Mm. No, not this time. Oh, but, but that's but, okay. Oh, actually, in a future podcast, you're going to have to report on the, the um, Tarot Love Pack that you won at SF Bats last fall. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I have the book. But some still. other time. Some yes. other time. Uh, you can always win interesting things <laughs> at, at, at yeah. Or ironically enough, the the Renaissance Tarot from Les Scarabero that I won. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of ironic. Yes. Um, so anyway, back to the current situation. Um, Dan Peltier. Peltier, thank you. I was trying to breathe. Um, did a little <laughs> bit of a did a little bit on, um, he talked about an iconic, icon, yeah, today it works, an iconoclastic look at the myths and history of tarot. Mm -hmm. So, for example, why do we wrap our tarot cards in a cloth? Why would you do that? Because we've always done it. Right, but no, <laughs> but there's a reason. Or why do you not buy your own tarot deck? That's okay. such a big thing. Okay, wait, and you did talk about that. Back up. Why do we wrap our cards was, in a cloth? I was going to get there. I was okay. going to go with the other one first, though, because... Oh, okay. But, I'll, okay, we'll go in order, because I can talk. Um, <laughs> you want to wrap your cards in, tar in, 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 hmm, in silk, for example, mm -hmm. because it's a good insulator. Mm -hmm. But why would we do it back then, where the myth came from? Because it protects the cards from getting wet. Think about it. It's the 1800s. It's <laughs> raining all the time. Yeah. You never know when there's going to be a flood, when there isn't going to be a flood. You don't know. Moisture is And moisture is and not so good for your cards. That exactly. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Which is also is why you put it in a wood box. Mm -hmm. So you're protecting them from getting dirty. Um, but why do you not buy, you know, you never buy your first deck. Well, why? Everybody wonders. But then again, if you think about it, when all this was going on, people couldn't afford their own decks. So right. it was kind of. If you were gifted with a deck, mm -hmm. and generally that's how that would work, you, you want to be gifted with it. Interesting. So, but it's not a have to anymore. I mean, now that we've got such a great economy, <laughs> or we generally do, but it's, it's just some one of those things, you know? Or why do you keep it at shoulder length by a door? Why would you do that? Well, think so about it. So you can grab it on the way out. Exactly. Grab it on the way out the door, and also it's higher than the water level might be. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things he said. Plus, if it's in a wooden box, the wooden box is usually light enough it will float. And it won't destroy your cards. Cool. So he talked about those things. And mm -hmm. then, of course, he talked about the high priestess being in and out of the temple. And uh, we can get into that if you like. Okay. <laughs> we will, because I was fascinated by it, to be honest. Um, she, he pulled out the... Uh, High Priestess in the Rider Waite deck. Rider Waite Smith. Rider Waite Smith, excuse me. Can't forget Pixie. And was talking about how if you actually go to this temple, mm -hmm. what side each of the pillars were really on. If which, you're, which he had visited. Which he had visited, mm -hmm. yes. He has been there. It's in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the card with her inside the temple, there. I want to say Bode is on your, your right-hand side, and Joachim is on your left, mm -hmm. and you're facing east, you must be inside. And well, look, she's, she's inside. Yeah. So instead of blocking your way to get inside the temple, she's actually guarding you to keep you in until you gather all your knowledge. 
Hmm, interesting. Because if you notice the water's outside, mm -hmm. and you can see it. Right. And she's not barring you from getting in, she's barring you from getting out without getting all of the stuff that you need mm -hmm. while you're there. Which was just kind of a new, neat way. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And, you know, she's That's obviously great. got the Torah in her hand. And mm -hmm. I was just like, wow, okay. Cool. All right. So it was just another way to look at that particular mm -hmm. one and Artemis's. Yeah, and since it's early in the fool's journey, uh, it's important for uh, the individual, I guess, going through that journey to, to gather what they need completely before they move to the next stage. And so I can see that the uh, previous card would be the magician, and you'd want to have that in place prior to embarking on the more earthly aspects, Empress, Emperor, <clears throat> Hierophant. And um, it just seems interesting that it took his perspective, uh, having looked at this card for years and years and mm -hmm. not have noticed that particular, uh, that particular aspect of it. Mm. Um, but I think it also comes from, uh, again, the, uh, uh, the learning from another's experience of having traveled to the actual historical site mm -hmm. right. um, to gain that perspective while he's there to have that epiphany to really realize, well, wait a minute, is that exactly what I'm seeing? And then to be able to bring that knowledge back to us and to be able to share, share it. it with us. Uh, it's just a wonderful aspect. Uh, see, so you too can learn those additional little uh, tidbits if you show up at VATS. That's true. Cool. Great. And then what happened? And then what happened? Magic and April Faith were also speaking at that same time. I, I did get the opportunity to see Magic and April Faith. Um, apparently Magic had uh, presented at BATS uh, many years ago. And so <clears throat> this was a real treat to be able to see her personally um, uh, in, in one of the BATS sessions. Uh, April Faith, her daughter, uh, assisted her in, in, the, uh, in the presentation. And I come to find out after the session, um, uh, April Faith had been instrumental in uh, persuading Magic to return oh. uh, to BATS because um, she uh, saw it as a good jumping off point um, uh, for um, advertising her uh, up and coming book, The um, Magician's Toolkit Inside the Mind of a Reader, hmm. um, soon to be published. And I, I don't have the additional publisher information on it, but I'm okay, sure we'll, they will. We can find it out. They will notify us uh, once they get that close. Um, what intrigued me uh, about the title um, uh, being inside the mind of the reader in the process is usually we have the, uh, the focus on, well, how are we bringing um, our skill, our intuition, our insight to the person requesting the read? Um, well, this was a way to kind of have a different shift of perspective on what's going inside of us as we're providing that service or mm -hmm. providing that, that, that gift or that insight. And uh, so I was, I was intrigued by that, and that kind of dovetailed off of um, uh, Joseph Martin's presentation that I had seen earlier before, um, and I uh, had the opportunity to kind of see and hear uh, Magic's twist on, on that, particular, uh, that particular subject. Um, we also had the opportunity through the various handouts that she provided that uh, uh, she walked us through her process on developing um, uh, growth numbers uh, and figuring out what your soul and personality cards are, um, as well as um, kind of uh, taking her re-emphasis of um, uh, kind of attaching more of an astrological um, bent on the uh, tarot cards as she understands them. And uh, so it was very refreshing to kind of uh, see that connectivity that, you know, historically has gone all the way back to Italia's days on uh, attaching astrological symbols to the tarot. And as you know, the, um, the tarot has been kind of bent and fitted to a lot of different disciplines that have come out. But uh, these are two mainstream uh, um, uh, symbols of uh, um, divination that uh, uh, can can come together in this this one uh, this session. So uh, she took the opportunity to kind of uh, run down each of the majors with each of the corresponding um, astrological sign uh, attached to it, and uh, it was uh, a very interesting uh, relationship. Uh, it was heavy in the Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. uh, she's heavy in the Tree of Life. Uh, and, um, and and to her, it's just in a matter of fact relationship. You know, right. it is, it fits, um, and it's it's kind of refreshing to see 
that uh, commitment to her understanding of, of what that's about based mm -hmm. on her own personal yeah. research. Uh, and and you know the term your mileage may vary <laughs> seems to apply here as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you could clearly see by um, her energy and uh, commitment on how she relayed her her information to her that um, that she was all over this. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, had we that's one of the um, um, detractions that you get from bats is uh, each seven uh, each segment uh, is a 55 minute segment no matter how great or how poor it is it's still 55 <laughs> minutes um, but but you have the the last few minutes uh, to have direct connection with the uh, with the presenter involved and um, obviously you can you know exchange information to follow up uh, at a later date if you want a more in-depth uh, explanation of what the topic was so uh, but it was just very refreshing to be there and you know again it's one of those uh, uh, special situations where you get to um, directly connect to uh, the author of their particular point of view um, that you might not have in uh, any other uh, medium. So, Great. yeah, it's very interesting. So, when mm -hmm. ended up being your lifeguard? Uh, we didn't have an opportunity to uh, to go through that, but oh. uh, I believe just for the sake of this, it's the chariot. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. I thought I'd okay. ask. It, it just sounded interesting. I was just wondering what, what she would have given you. And then what happened? <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> and then what happened? Okay, well, actually. Oh, I wasn't there on chariots. I know. I, and we missed you terribly, by the way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> she's like, yeah, whatever. I yeah, that's probably have some boxes of chaos, right? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then actually was... The last slot, la-la, <laughs> um, and there were three presenters during those different times. Thalassa was one of them, mm -hmm. um, and she did the Thalassa's view of the cards. <laughs> Always. Dance of the Seven Veils, minus six. <laughs> That's our Thalassa. That's our Thalassa. Um, and she talked about the different mysteries and how everything kind of seems to fit the tarot takes everything in, as we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. the tree of life, the cabal, you know, the different signs of the cross, if you will, because mm -hmm. there are people that do that. Yeah. Um, the signs it, of the zodiac, the zodiac crystals, signs, crystals, you name it, fairies, it's there. Yeah. Fairy tales, mm -hmm. as we know from talking to Rachel Pollock. Right. Um, but again, she just kind of brought all of this together to, to, to tell you, you know, the cards have been around for four decades, um, and she did rant and rave as she does. Um, <laughs> always entertaining. Um, but it also, she talked a little bit more in depth about her version of how she sees, a, you know, a card is, is just a card. It's not a good card, it's not a bad card, it's a card with issues, or it's a reader with issues. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, you bring your issues to the card sometimes. Absolutely. And that you need to just... As you read, you've read the books, you've done all that now, put them aside mm -hmm. and just listen to your heart. Listen to what your head says. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what you really need to see versus, oh my God, the book said it was number 10. Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> it, it means this. Why don't you just go with your heart? Right. And that's pretty much what I got out of her, mm -hmm. her talk. And again, of course, you know, tarot has been started as a game mm -hmm. between two rich people who were flirting with each other. Yes. And has now become, obvious. it's more divination, and it's not going away anytime soon. Because it keeps obsession. coming back and going away and coming mm -hmm. back and going away. I think you meant the gypsies who brought it over. Yeah. The gypsies uh, didn't bring it over. <laughs> Stop that. You did that on purpose. Yes, you did. <laughs> now, the Shame gypsies may have taken two. it from one part of the country to the other. I'll agree with that. They didn't start it, though. No, they didn't start it. That's what Board I was trying to say. Or Italian nobles. It was the Turks. Yeah, that's it. It was the Egyptians. Enough out of you. Let's get that. Enough out of you. You can't say However, anything else unless you have something nice to say. However, there are Egyptian tarot cards. That doesn't necessarily mean it started in Egypt. Yes, well, um, again, the tarot takes everything in. So, well, it sounds like Bats was a, another fabulous, great day, and I'm so sorry I missed it. Excellent day, yes. actually. Um, there was also a um, uh, another uh, deck creator there, uh, uh, Julia Turk, uh, the Navigator's Dream. Um, uh, I think it's the Navigators to Road, the Mystic Sea. Yes. And so it was uh, it was kind of interesting to see her original plates that she mm -hmm. used for, for her deck. Um, again, one of those um, opportunities that you wouldn't have uh, 
uh, unless you were in this particular group that uh, the LASA gets to put together. And, you know, over the years, we've had the opportunity to uh, meet with the Mary Greers and the James Wanlesses and, you know, those who um, have, have kind of uh, pioneered the path before us. Um, but it's, uh, it's nice to actually get that personal connection where you can kind of glean uh, you know, some insight from their experiences and uh, the trials and tribulations that they've had to go through to, uh, to get where they've gotten. And um, I found that everybody's been more than willing to share that, that expertise or share that information uh, when you come to pass. So um, just uh, another excellent showing, and uh, we're all very grateful for uh, the last to uh, continue to uh, want to put this on for us. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yay, the LASA. Yay. Yay, San Francisco Bay Area Tourism Symposium. Again, that was the San Francisco Bay Area Tourism Symposium, which was on Saturday, October 21st, 2006. And if you're listening to this podcast, you missed it. Oh, yes. However, there'll be another one next year. Indeed, there you will. You can check the website at daughtersofdivination.com for the next date announcement, which will be up soon. And I just happened to know this because, well... You happen to be really in good with the web mistress. We know. You're lucky girl you. Yes, that's me. So I, I, after we, we had finished our reviews and while Artemis and Rose were talking about uh, Bayer, the San Francisco Bay Area Tourist Symposium, Rose was watching me play with my cards and giving me a very strange look. And so I thought I'd explain because to do the review, I had separated out the deck into the majors and the minors and ordered the suits. Um, but that doesn't make for a very good reading. Hmm. Okay. Um, so the way I mix the cards is I sort them out into five piles. That's a very majors. ordered reading. <laughs> yeah. It's a very ordered It's like, reading. oh, look, you've got the two of cups and the three of cups and the four of cups right in a row. I wonder how that happened. Mm -hmm. um, but so, so to unorder the deck so that it's more suitable for a reading, I'll separate them out into the four suits and the majors. I take a major and one of each of the four suits and a major and one of each of the four uh, suits. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you don't take the suits in order so you don't get all the twos in a row or right. whatever. And then what you end up with is a very well-mixed deck. I see. Okay. And then it's ready to be shuffled and read with. And maybe that's just incredibly neurotic of me, but that's how I mix my decks that's, after no, I've ordered them. It's, it's well reordered, but not rectified. That's exactly. Like yeah, well, no, because I'm not Arthur Edward Waite, and I cannot rectify the tarot. So. No, I guess not. Huh? Uh, well, great. Well, thank you again, Rose and Artemis. I think it's been another fun Yes. At least fun for us. <laughs> um, do join us next week. Um, we are expecting, as our special guest, Shereen Asia, um, who was also speaker at the San Francisco Bay Tarot Symposium, to talk about the Oracle deck that she's just recently completed, and also a little bit about some of the um, exotic, uh, exotic Eastern Oriental divination techniques she's learned over the years. Oh, wonders. So, Heavy um, into the shamanic effect. Yes. Oh, yes. So I think that's it. All righty. Are we good? We're good. Great. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. Good night. Rose, Artemis, Artemis, Anastasia, Rose, Anastasia.